0: Welcome to Whipple's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Woofall.
1: The Green Bay Packers had a chance to take a giant step toward making the playoffs Monday night. Instead, the New York Giants stomped on the Packers... <laughs> putting the Packers' postseason hopes in peril. Hello, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for what should be another feisty and always entertaining Packers podcast. Are you on board with that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think think that's very fair, Gary, feisty. That kind of sums both of us up.
1: Do you think the Packers know what feisty means these days? (laughs) Well, they didn't last night, did they, Gary? No, no. You know, Rob, I think the Packers were, what, five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Giants. And I thought they would cover the spread easily. I mean, I I thought they were going to absolutely annihilate them. And I said to a couple people yesterday morning, I said, you know, the only way the Packers lose this game is if they're overconfident. And can you imagine anyone ever saying this Packer team could become overconfident? But they were overconfident. I I thought it right from the get-go. They they went out there like they were – the kings of the hill, and was that the only element to their loss? Uh, of course not, but I, I do think it played a factor.
0: Yeah, it probably was to some degree, Gary. I also just think they were outplayed. I'll tell you who the most overconfident guy on the team is. It's Jair Alexander who predicted they would win out, and then, of course, he proceeds not to play for the however many umpteenth week in a row, right? They've gotten five whole games this year out of out of big Mouth Jair. But a guy like that, Gary, who is not putting on a jersey every Sunday or Monday is, is killing them by running his mouth in the locker room and, and putting the heat on other guys that do have to go and cover his tail. It's the NFL, right? You're, you're going to have a clunker or two every single year. If you remember, Gary, even back in July and August, I said this was going to be the toughest Green Bay Packer team to predict in 30-plus years. Because without the the consistency that they've had at quarterback for three plus decades, being the youngest team in the league, there there were just going to be some hiccups and some up and down games, and 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 games where they absolutely you know crapped the bed, Gary, like last night, and then there were going to be games. Where they absolutely stunned you. And they've had those, right? They have had the clunkers in Vegas and Denver when Denver was really struggling and, and playing bad football. The one in Atlanta, they 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 weren't very good and should have won. I now I I'll say last night was probably their worst football game of the season. And then they've had three or four games, Gary, that have absolutely shocked you, right? Detroit on Thanksgiving, Kansas City on a on a Sunday night. Um, even to a lesser degree, the LA Chargers at home. That's what's going to happen Gary when when you are playing with 22 and 23 year old kids at at so many positions and not 28 and 30 year old veterans which is what we've become accustomed to with with the Green Bay Packers. It's the youngest team in the league, it's a first time starter at quarterback. Even within that game Gary, think of this, right? Jordan Love was really bad for probably the better part of 3 quarters in that football game and then in the final five drive or three drives Gary, you know, he goes 10 of 15, his passer rating is is 110, throws for 130 yards or whatever, and he throws the game-winning touchdown or what, what could have been a game-winning touchdown, not just once, but he has to throw it twice to Malik Heath, right?
1: Yeah.
0: It's about the first time, and Heath can't hold on to the ball, and he gets stripped from behind by the safety, throws the second time on the out route, and, and Heath makes a tremendous catch and, and reach at the pylon for a score. So Jordan Love, even within a game like that, Gary, has incredible highs and lows because the first better part of three quarters of that game, he was not good either. Sailing balls, throwing an interception, fumbling the football away. So this is the good and the bad you're going to get with an extremely young football team. Here's the good news when it's all said and done, right? They still hold the number seven spot. In the postseason, in the NFC, they didn't fall out of that spot last night, despite the loss. You know, we could sit here and do the whole show on on why Green Bay has you know has the number seven seed instead of one of these four other teams that are also six and seven, uh, Gary. It, but it, you know, it's based on all this, you know, all these crazy tiebreakers, and right now Green Bay has the advantage of that in in that department. Um, so the good news, Gary, is they didn't fall out of that seven hole. The schedule still sets up pretty well. If they did need a kick in the head here coming down the stretch, they certainly got one last night. Gary, I thought the trap yeah. game—I thought the trap game coming up was going to be Tampa Bay this week on Sunday, not last night against the Giants. I, I liked the fact they had eight days coming off the Kansas City game to get ready for that. I was clearly wrong. That did turn out to be a trap game. Now they've got to get their nonsense together in a hurry, Gary, and turn around. And play a Tampa Bay team that isn't terrible uh, Sunday afternoon in Green Bay.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about the uh, Buccaneers uh, later on in the podcast. But you know, I, I, I agree with you; it really doesn't drastically change their playoff hopes. But at the same time, if they beat the Giants, it gives them a little cushion, you know, and for a margin of error coming down the stretch. And as I tweeted out last night. It was just a pathetic performance. I mean, every phase, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, and, and I thought LaFleur, as great as he has been in recent weeks, and he was great, he had some great game plans. I, I don't know what happened, but he he became ultra conservative at times. He he's hell bent on all this trickery crap. And uh, you know, every time it works, it's great, but four to five times it doesn't. And uh the other thing too, he got back to that horizontal passing game. I, I thought from my perspective, they should have had more of a vertical gate, a vertical gain, more of an intermediate game instead of trying to dump this pass off two, three yards and, and hope these guys are gonna break tackles and make some yards. But
0: Gary, let, let me jump in real quick. Okay. And and you know I'm I'm kind of I'm not a a huge, huge Lafleur guy. I don't dislike him. I, I'm kind of in the middle. He's okay, but Gary, when when you take away a four three guy on the edge in Christian Watson, which which obviously happened last night with with him being out again with the hamstring, and what that does to an offense. Then again, for you know, again the umpteenth time, Aaron Jones doesn't put on a jersey and play, and you lose. You know, one of the, probably the most ten dynamic running backs in the league when when he's healthy. I mean, Gary, that that's like a pitcher all of a sudden, though, that doesn't have his fastball and he can't throw high. You know, more than eighty eight miles an hour. Um, and that's uh, kind but of yeah, that so,
1: secondary of the chat uh, Jagu- it is mediocre at best.
0: It is, but you know, a little bit, Gary. That's what Green Bay was working with last night, and and hey, I don't think Matt Lafleur was good last night whatsoever. Him calling, you know, all those. Little end around pitch handoff things to Jaden Reed, including the one on the two point conversion, was was a travesty. I mean, you can trick somebody once or twice with that, maybe through the course of a sixty minute football game, not six and eight times. And Gary, for him to run that on the two point conversion was was just comical. I mean, the Giants had seen that play being you know be run six eight times through the course of the game, and the, and they sat on it and tackled Reed, you know, for for a loss. I I, I will just say you know out of out of anybody they could lose in that receiving room gary undoubtedly watson makes the biggest difference just the way he stretches the field and spreads out that secondary and allows for so much of the underneath and intermediate stuff to be successful they don't have anybody close to being able to run like watson does and 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 gary i mean let's be honest these other guys they're okay but they're just guys, uh, you know, other than Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed's going to be an outstanding football player. And, Gary, he might have a chance to be a Pro Bowler at some point in his, his career. But Romeo Dobbs, he's okay, Gary. He's a two or a three. You know, Wicks, Heath, some of these guys, uh, Gary, they're okay. They're going to be threes, maybe fours. Maybe if they really hit a ceiling, a two. They don't have a one. And, and that's what Christian Watson gives him, Gary. He hasn't done it from a consistency standpoint, but that speed – is the
1: number one. Oh, I, I I totally concur with you about Watson and you know opening up the field but there were a couple times last night and and the guys got beaten and again this has been a season-long issue with Jordan Love he underthrew them you know they they were they were getting open deep and uh he he struggled in that phase of the game I mean to me I fully expect that to be a remedy at worst next season he, he'll make the Proper adjustments, if not sooner, but again, they, they had a chance to go deep several times, and he just couldn't get it there. Oh, getting back to Lafleur, I am a Lafleur guy. I, I think what he's done in Green Bay is, is is outstanding, but uh he did not have a good day at the office last night.
0: No, you know, he, and he's had a few clunkers through the course of the year, but I, again, Gary, I I do think that's predictable when you come off an off season. Where you draft? What was it? Thirteen rookies, and you've got the youngest roster in the league. Matt, you know Matt Lafleur, and I chatted after the draft, Gary, privately. I'll I'll just say this, and and I'll you know again, it was it, it was private, but you know he understood the the gravity of the situation, the challenge that he was about to face with this young group, that things weren't going to look as pretty as they did a lot of times in 2020 or 2021 when this team was rolling to the number one seed in the conference and things like that. There were going to be some ups and downs. And 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 yeah, Gary, I mean, there's been far more good than bad with with Matt LaFleur. I mean, think of it. Last night was the first time he's lost the game in December since he's been the Packers head coach. He's now He's now 16 and 1 in the month of December. You're right. I mean, there's probably been far more good than bad. There are things, though, Gary, he still can't get fixed. They're, they're still they're penalized far too often. The defense cannot come up big when it when it needs to. And and whether that's due to his his affection and his love and his marriage to Joe Barry, um, which, which, will, <laughs> which will probably have to
1: end but here. Gary. I'm looking at my clock. My over-under, Rob, was 10 minutes. He beat it.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, for for Joe Barry and that defense, Gary, to not have a sack. And I know you love the guy. Don't
1: look, no, 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 that's a
0: misperception. Gary, Gary, I mean, Gary, the, the guy had given, you know, the, the, the Giants had given up 69 sacks in 12 games. I mean, that's almost six a game. And Green Bay can't bring... Uh, an undrafted, you know, let's be honest, mediocre armed quarterback to the ground, even a single time. I mean, mean, that, that was dreadful, Gary, the, 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 the two minute drill that they played on defense was absolutely dreadful. Gary, when the giants got the ball back and it was 22, 21, do you think anyone in the state of Wisconsin thought the Packers were winning the game other than maybe Joe Barry's family? No, I mean, they, they, they didn't. And,
1: Rob, and, Bob, Rob,
0: Rob. And Gary, it's not just Joe Barry. I mean, Rich Passaccia has not made these special teams any better. Um, A little bit, Gary, but the gains have been really, really minimal. Uh Keyshawn Nixon with the boneheaded play of the year last night, uh trying to get up with a fumbled punt and and run with that, Gary, instead of laying on the ground and then have the audacity. Because I can guarantee you, Gary, when I ask Passaccia or somebody asks Passaccia about this this week coming up, Nixon was asked after the game, what are you taught in that situation? Should you stay on the ball or get up and run? And he said, we're not taught anything. I mean, are you kidding me? So I, I think that's nonsense. Um, yeah, we'll see I, what I, I Maybe
1: he wasn't paying attention to, right?
0: That's very possible. We'll see what Passaccia has to say on that later in the week, Gary. But, you know, the, the, the bottom line is the special teams are still a problem. The defense, especially clutch late in games, is a problem. Penalties are a problem. Matt LaFleur on a whole, Gary, you, you probably give him an overall positive grade. But there are things in his five years here in Green Bay that have not been corrected.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about Nixon. I mean, and Joe Barry, I'm going to lump these two together on that key pass in the waning minute. That was Keyshawn Nixon that was trailing the receiver, you know? I mean, is that Joe Barry's fault? I, I don't get it. Uh, yes. Did, huh? Yes. Oh, who, is, who else would he have replaced him with who could have done better?
0: Well, Gary, what was the coverage on the play? It looked
1: like it was man at that point.
0: It was man coverage with a rush of four. So you're asking your outside guys to hold up with a pass rush of just four that hasn't gotten home once all night.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean that's a
0: pretty I, Gary, that's a pretty big freaking ask.
1: Well, the 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 other part of this too and and I brought this up in the, in the middle of the season. I want to see what Joe Berry does with the full deck. I mean, everybody talks about the investment they have made, you know, with draft capital. Now, that, that's all true, but the problem is that draft capital is on the sidelines a lot of it. That secondary three starters were out, right? In the secondary
0: Hey, hey, Gary, let me just interrupt you for one second, okay? Wow. You bring up a great point, and it's a great question. No team in the league has a full deck on December 12th. No no, no, no team in the league, Gary, has a full deck on October 1st, right? Everybody is losing a starter or two every single week. So by the time you get to this point in the season, you know everybody's going to be down 6, 8, 10 starters. The bottom line is what you hope for is that your quarterback, if he's a decent player, isn't one of those players because, of the, you know, a, a, a team like Minnesota is absolutely hosed, Gary, right, when their quarterback goes down. The Jets are hosed when their quarterback uh, goes down. The Bengals are hosed when their quarterback goes down. You can live, Gary, with losing an outside linebacker, a safety, and a left guard along the way. Sure, Most of sure. the teams, Gary, if the quarterback's any good, uh, y- y- you can't afford to lose that player. And, you know, so a lot of people want to make, and, and and rightfully so, Gary, a lot of people want to make a case that on a night like last night, right? Watson is out and Jones is out and Quay Walker's out and Bakhtiari's out again, right? And Jair Alexander, five of probably your 10 or 12 best players on the roster. But Gary, the bottom line is the quarterback was still there. They, you know, they, they had enough firepower up and down that roster to go win that football game. They should have won that football game. And the and the way they played defense at the end of the game, Gary, was inexcusable. You know, they played prevent early, then what then about the time right before they got to midfield, like you mentioned, on the on the big hitter against Keyshawn Nixon, that 32 yarder. Um, they rushed four. They uh, they play man on the outside. Nixon's supposed to turn that wide receiver in Gary where he's supposed to get some help from the safety. He lets him get outside and obviously then around the edge, Nixon bites on the fake. So you're right. I mean, Keyshawn Nixon played it about as bad as you could play it. But I also don't think Joe Barry did that defense any favors, Gary, by asking those guys to hold up man on the outside and only rush four with a group of pass rushers last night that didn't get home a single time.
1: Yeah, no, no, you, you you make valid points. But again, they had one starter in the secondary, right? And that was Savage, who played okay, but even Savage struggled. I mean, that open field miss that he had was embarrassing. And again, great running backs to make safeties or DBs look bad every once in a while. But it was just like a half hearted attempt to tackle them. And then you look at the other guys, the cornerbacks, let's face it, Rob. Those cornerbacks, barring an injury, couldn't start for any other team in the league, especially Valentine. They're playing out of their minds, or had been playing out of their minds. But, but that's a bad group. So you're talking about three guys in the secondary that are average at best defenders. And then you throw in Quay Walker. Uh, I, I'm surprised that the Packers haven't been chewed up more, especially you know last week against uh, Mahomes. I, I thought Mahomes was going to cover them
0: up. Well, I mean, Gary, you're right. I mean, it's saying 37 and 35, right? Valentine and Valentine wouldn't play anywhere else if it wasn't for injury. They also wouldn't be starting in Green Bay if it wasn't for injury, right? Right. So, right. Um, that group of pass catchers that the Giants put on the field last night is undoubtedly in the bottom three in football. I Absolutely. Mean, Absolutely. There are not many groups better, and and you know, and they, and they made a couple of those guys at times look like they were you know, Justin Jefferson and Devonte Adams, no Giants receiver Gary came into the night with more than 32 catches. No Giants receiver came into the night with more than 430 passing yards. And and again, right. Tommy DeVito an undrafted guy um, who bounced around even in college finished, finished up in Illinois has, has an arm, Gary. That isn't better than probably the guy at Racine case just down the street from you um, or Franklin or something like that. Um, and, and they made, you know, they made Tommy DeVito look like Joe Montana
1: last you, night. You know what? I, I thought uh, DeVito looked like Fran Tarkington or Michael or Vick. Or
0: Tarkington.
1: Sure, Vick. I, Vic, I right. mean, you know, getting back to Barry again. I mean, they had tremendous pass rush in that first half in particular. And nine out of ten times they, they should have sacked DeVito. But give the kid credit. You, you know, he, he made plays happen.
0: No, Gary, his escape ability. he was Houdini-like because uh, you are right, especially early. I thought Green Bay's pass rush trailed off as the game went on, but especially early, I thought Green Bay got home a lot, and they probably should have been spying DeVito as well because then once he got out of the pocket, Gary, once he got away from the Wyatts and the Clarks and the Slatons of the world, um, that um, then he had all sorts of green grass to work with. Green Bay was not spying him, and I just – Gary I, I you know I just didn't think the Giants had enough in the past game where those guys were going to kill them and Green Bay could could probably afford uh yeah. to use a man to spy DeVito um and and they didn't do it for most of the night and and DeVito obviously carved them up on the ground um yeah I mean Gary at at the end of the day Barry is what he is I mean he's he's about as average to you know probably bottom third of defensive coordinators that you're going to find and if the goal, if if the only thing that matters in the, in that town and that organization is winning championships and winning Super Bowls, I think the number one question they need to ask when the year is over is, can Joe Barry take him to a Super Bowl? Can Joe Barry be a, a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator? And Matt knows that better than you and I, Gary. If that answer is no, then you have to move on.
1: Yeah, but again, I, I, keep, I hate to keep harping on this. He hasn't had anything close to a full deck. The, the whole time this year, none. Four starters on defense and three in the secondary. I mean, this guy could be the greatest coordinator in football. It's not going to matter.
0: Gary, did you watch that Patriots-Steelers game last week?
1: Uh, fortunately, I was smart enough to only watch part of it because it's two bad teams at this point.
0: I mean, Belichick's missing half of his defense. I mean, I, I mean, we can go through the league, Gary. And, and
1: we're, we're the Patriots these days.
0: And and that's a whole nother story. I mean, that, that's on the offensive side of the ball. What wow. I was gonna say, Gary, Gary, it's still a top five defense in football. You know, he's missing his he's missing his two best players by a mile, he's missing two or three other starters. I mean, you can you can go through is what I'm saying team by team and say we are in week 15. How many preferred starters are and and, and maybe that's a, a challenge and a, a game for us to do for next week. How many teams have their preferred 22 starters from back on September 10th when this when this whole uh you know season began there aren't many Gary so for for Joe Barry to be oh, down that, to I, uh,
1: of course not but I would be curious and, and again we're we're going over some of the things we talked about last week I would like to know how many secondaries in the NFL did not have their entire secondary point, the entire secondary
0: Okay, but Gary, he, did, he he had his entire defensive line available, yeah, and his, and his entire linebacking group minus Quay Walker, and a Which case is a big piece. That Isaiah, and a case could be made that Isaiah McDuffie has been every bit as productive as Quay Walker this oh, year. Oh, Rob, you. come on! <laughs> Absolutely,
1: no, I, I, I respectfully disagree. With that. I think Quay Walker is a hell of a player.
0: I know you do because he makes the AJ Hawk plays. He makes a lot of tackles, eight and yards. And what does
1: again. McDuffie do?
0: McDuffie does not get gobbled up by blockers at the same extreme that Walker does. I'm not, hey Gary. There's no question. Walker's a a much better athlete, but faster, can cover more ground, et cetera, et cetera. I'll tell you what. They are absolutely fine if they move forward next year, and McDuffie is one of their two inside starting inside linebackers because that guy is old school. You know, blood and guts. Just a gritty, gutty football player. I, I, hey, they are fine if Isaiah McDuffie is one of their two starters in 2024. Yeah,
1: I think he's a pretty solid player. I, I don't think he's, you know, a standout type player, or, or he, he ever will be a standout player. But I think he's serviceable. Yeah, that that's for sure. Hey, um, I, I want to talk about this uh, playoff situation just briefly. Uh, the Packers are what one of six teams at six and seven and i think we got tampa bay the rams seattle atlanta and new orleans who yuck. do you think huh?
0: <laughs> i just said yuck <laughs> yeah
1: exactly i mean that is a lot of garbage game. gary <laughs> now the packers got the tiebreaker over the rams right because they beat them
0: yeah but gary it, it, you're totally correct and but but that's only if only the packers and the rams wind up for uh, yeah. example tied in that spot. If you start mixing in four or five teams, then you start lo- looking at conference record and, and, and yeah. record against common opponents and, and all that stuff because you, you can't just go the one-to-one at that point in time because there are multiple teams. No, no, but I'm teams. saying
1: that's the only team they really have right. an edge over of that group. Um, well,
0: Gary, they did beat New Orleans head-to-head. I mean, New Orleans lost to Atlanta head-to-head still have Tampa Bay this week coming up yeah. uh ahead head. so I mean that that could eventually factor in let's say if it's a a two-team tie uh down there at number six or seven Gary at the end of the day though I I think it's going be a it's going to be a log jam where there's you know four or five teams maybe three something like that tied at let's say nine and eight but I'll be honest with you Gary I I still think Green Bay's getting to 10 wins I do think this is going to be the kick in the tail that they fit that they needed. I think they're going to win out, get to 10 wins, Gary, and get to that number 16. I don't think last night changes a thing. Okay. I still think I still, you know, I thought this team would close four and one. I couldn't figure out the game. They were going to lose. Now I'm going to say Gary, it was last night. And they're still going
1: to get to 10 wins. And you know what, Rob, <laughs> after last night, and I, I know you make uh, your thoughts, uh, you know, kind of hastily after a, a game like that. But I just have the opposite view. I, I'm not sure if they're yeah. going to beat any of those teams. And and part of the reason is the Bears, for God only knows why, have decided to be a good football team. And uh, I, I watched them the other day and bringing in Montez Swift, I mean, that that was just a great acquisition. All of a sudden they got another formidable player on the defensive line. And, and the Bears looked okay. You know, I mean, again, the backers should beat them. Uh, Minnesota. I mean, they. You know, who knows what type type of team Minnesota's going to be? They won what three nothing over the the Raiders.
0: Gary, word is you might play quarterback on that New Year's Eve game for the Vikings.
1: Then I think the Packers could win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just
1: gotta get feeling.
0: <laughs> I mean, G- Gary, they're they're a mess. the the, the Vikings. You know, they are.
1: Think- I, I I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, Who else? Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay, you know what, Rob? They're not a great team, but they're not a bad team, you know, as the record indicates. They are what they are six and seven. But the losses that they incurred were against really good teams, you know, like Philadelphia and uh, a couple high quality teams. Again, I think Packers should beat them, but if they come remotely close to playing like they did last night. Uh, I, I think this could end up being a uh, disappointing finish.
0: And Gary, isn't that the wild, the beautiful thing about this league is it's just so fluid. We sat here a week ago. Yes, exactly. And, and we crowned exactly. these guys potential NFC North champs. You know, the, the well, hey, can they catch Detroit all of a sudden? It's, Gary, the, 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 the league is crazy, right? You just, mm-hmm. it, it, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, prior to free agency, you know, prior – to all this all this parity prior to a salary cap that there were not sundays where you know a four and eight chicago team would beat a nine and three detroit team where a bad giants team would beat uh, a red hot green bay packer team like like we saw last night just you know the, these games are all one score they're honestly gary is not much difference in this league between let's say teams five and 25 any of them can beat anybody on a on a given sunday there's you know, there's still a handful I think that are the elites, Gary. There's still a handful that that are the that are the nonsense on the bottom, but but that middle Gary is is packed so tight. I I would expect Green Bay comes back Sunday, Gary, against Tampa Bay, and maybe gives its best performance of the year after giving one of its worst, if not its worst, uh, Monday. Then they go to Carolina, Gary, and you know Carolina is with with its one win that they, they're. They're an, an, a, a disaster. That's a dumpster fire right there Uh, mm-hmm. going on with, with, with that is, you know, they've already changed coaches and they're trying to figure out how to get that rookie quarterback to, to, to play at a reasonable level. And, and then you, like you said, they finished with the two divisional foes at Minnesota, which Gary, I think is going to probably be for the sixth seed when it's all said and done. And then home with the bears, you know, Gary, I know the bears looked really good the other day against the lions, but I mean, let's see him do it 3-4 games in a row they're going to be figuring I'm out gary they're going to be figuring out whether to bring back that coach and that quarterback that i mean that that is going to be a really interesting game i think from that perspective especially if they hold on and get carolina's first round pick which would be number 1 overall uh as we do this today but no gary that schedule down the stretch is so soft for green bay if 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 they can't win at least 3 and certainly you know um and maybe even go 4 and 0 then they deserved to miss the playoffs, Gary.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I mean, Tampa Bay is six and seven, of course, but Carolina's one and in, one in twelve. I mean, they, they're a joke. I mean, they are just pathetic. Uh, the Vikings seven and six. Uh, they're they're definitely trending downward in a big way. And then the Bears. I mean, if I'm a Bears fan, I would be livid. I mean, I'd want this team to lose every game of the year. Try to get the first two picks. Can you imagine if they got Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. with the first, second picks? (laughs) I mean, you know, you you got two incredibly gifted players that uh, eventually would turn that franchise around. But typical Bears fashion, it's like they got to, you know, try to win as many games as they can when, when they're meaningless.
0: Well, and you even brought up Swift, Gary, and and I know they gave up a second round pick to get him, and it, and it ensures the fact that they do get him, and then they sign him immediately, you know, to that to that big contract. Yeah. My thought when they made that trade, and 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 and, and granted, on paper, I like the trade. They added they added a stud defensive lineman, and uh, they they got another piece long term for the defense. But my thought initially, Gary, when they made that trade was, why not wait till March? So, give yeah. them that money in March. Exactly. Lose a couple more games through the course of 2023 and keep your second round draft pick. Right. And that's two years in a row that they did that. You know, you remember the previous year, they gave up a two for Claypool who's yeah. not even on the roster anymore. Yeah, that,
1: I, I didn't like that trade from day one. I, I thought that. Right. Was
0: two, but... Right. And, and, and I remember you saying that at the time, and you turned out absolutely right on that. And, you know, lucky for Brian Gutekunst in green Bay, because they were in discussions on that trade as well, yeah. that they back, that they backed out of there and 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 didn't pull the trigger and try to match Chicago's price with with that trade on Claypool. But um, no, Chicago is fascinating, Gary. You're, you're, you're not wrong. Um, and and they're going to be the talk of the offseason. That There's no doubt if they end up with Carolina's pick, because if they commit to Fields, Gary, and trade that number one pick, let's say for you know three picks and two players or something like that. I mean they and, and Fields turns out to be even a top 15 quarterback Gary. They could take a jump next year to 10 11 12 wins in in the blink of an eye. Obviously what they have to weigh in Chicago is saying I mean if they believe Gary inside their building, inside their war room that Caleb Williams is Patrick Mahomes or or close to that, right? If 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 he's a borderline Josh Allen type of player, how do you pass on that guy and then you dump fields and move on and and you go in that different direction so no obviously all eyes this off season especially heading into the draft uh, are are going to be on Chicago they they if as long as they you know uh, maintain and hold on uh, to that first-round pick that that Carolina has, if that winds up being number one. it it, it It's going to be, the Bears are going to be the story of the offseason, Gary, as, as, as we kind of watch player movement and, and quarterback movement around the league.
1: You know, I, I get this gut feeling that when the Packers host the Bears in the regular season finale, that's going to be a make-or-break game for the Packers getting into the playoffs. And you have this. Got feeling that the bears (laughs) are going to have the same attitude as the lions did last year you know uh just you know throw caution to the wind and you got nothing to lose and it it would be so typical bears you know like they won won the uh battle but they lost the war you know what i mean (laughs) mean, yeah gary
0: Gary, it could also be a make or break game for that coach and quarterback oh yes absolutely chicago So, so again there's there's going to be, you know, so many subplots inside that game that that are going to be, you know, if, if if Chicago enters that game, Gary, what are they now? Five and eight, maybe. If they enter that game, let's say six and ten, you know, that th- there's no doubt that, that that coach and quarterback are going to still be fighting for their lives. Now, if they can get themselves like eight and eight, Gary, or something, and show some signs as 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 they close out the regular season, that uh, you know that that Fields and Ibrahulus are the long term answers there. Then maybe that game doesn't mean quite as much, but but those guys could be on the hot seat, you know, both fighting for their jobs, Gary, which only you know adds adds a whole nother element of fun to not just that game, but this this long standing crazy rivalry between between those two teams. Gary, I mean, still at the end of the day, when you look here, Green Bay's four remaining opponents are 19 and 33. That's a 365 winning percentage, Gary. I went through, I wrote this overnight, you know, at Forbes, and, and, and you look at everybody else's schedule, Gary, the Rams, Seattle, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, yada, 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 Minnesota. Green Bay, Gary, has the easiest remaining schedule, the easiest path uh, out of all those teams. So right now they do still sit at seven. They've got the easy schedule. At most, Gary, there is one game they would be an underdog in, and that's Minnesota. And who knows, Gary, in terms of how the Viking quarterback situation plays itself out, Green Bay could easily wind up still being a favorite that night. Um, now again, that doesn't mean anything, right? We saw last night as what a five, six point favorite going out to New York that that the Packers still not, you know, lost the football game. So whether or not they're the favorite or not, I guess is 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 slightly irrelevant at times. But on paper, Gary, they're probably the better football team than than Tampa, Carolina, and Chicago for sure. Minnesota might wind up being a coin flip game. Gary, if these guys can't get to nine wins and even ten, like like we said before, then you know, in, in the middle of January, they, you know, they they deserve to be off.
1: Yeah, I want to throw this at you, Rob. If LaFleur plays his cards right, he could have a lot of key players available at the end, right? Aaron Jones is coming back, right? Don't you think it's like a game by game thing where he'll be back in the starting lineup eventually?
0: Gary, he has 66 carries this year. Yeah, I, I, you know, I I just don't know what to make of him anymore at, at this point in time, right? I mean, I I expected him to be on the field last night in in New York, and then of course, you know, they about four hours before kickoff they activate Kenyon Drake, who they had picked up er- yeah. earlier in the week, which which completely kind of caught me. I shouldn't say completely caught me off guard, just because Jones's injury history. Uh, but man, Gary, I, I mean, I I'm telling you. Aaron Jones, all of a sudden, it's not a guy you can count on. Um, you know, say what you will about A.J. Dillon, Gary, and I, and I get it. You know, he gets what's blocked, and that is absolutely it most of the time. He shows up every single game. Doesn't matter what body part hurts, Gary, and I get it. They're a different type of running back. One is 40 pounds heavier than the other and bigger and stronger and, and kind of built to take that wear and tear. That's A.J. Dillon, obviously, but... But man, Gary, AJ Dillon is one tough SOB, and and Green Bay has got, you know, Green Bay needed Aaron Jones this year in the absence of Aaron Rodgers to step up and have a huge year, be an offensive playmaker, difference maker, and a leader. And the guy is still a good leader, Gary, but it it doesn't quite carry the same value when you're never on the field. So, I mean, to your point, yes, in theory, I, I would think they've got Jones back for a couple of these games, but. But again, Gary, I, I think they expected him to be back by now, and, and this thing just keeps dragging out, and here we are, what, 13 games into the year? The guy has 66 carries, Gary. That averages out to five a week. That's yeah. unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Now, what I, what I was going to get to, though, Rob, if, if everything falls into place, Jones comes back, Watson comes back, Alexander comes back, Quay Walker comes back, those are four really high-end players and all of a sudden if they're healthy and if the rest of the packers can stay healthy which is no sure thing but let's say those four come back healthy they could be pretty good the last couple of weeks you know and then of course that what do you think is going on with stokes do you think he ever plays a snap this year
0: Gary, I have such a—you know—they they keep so much of that injury stuff so close to the vest. They don't let much out. Obviously, we're not privy to see people's medical reports and, you know, doctors' examinations and and things like that. I'm I'm gonna say Stokes, yes, Gary. Maybe in a week or two, I I think he's close. Um, the one that's just blowing my mind is Jair Alexander. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and how that one continues to drag out and, and the shoulder and, and Gary, I, you know, I'll just, I'll tell you this, and, and this to me would be concerning if I ran that franchise or if I was Brian Gutekunst and, you know, obviously I'm not, but he, he's a lot smarter with this stuff than I am. So I'm sure he sees this as well. You know, Gary. Th- there are guys in that locker room where you, where you see Gary. It pains them not to play. Like it almost physically pains them yeah. to have to miss football games. Jair Alexander does not fall into that category, Gary. And you know, m- maybe behind closed doors he's different. Maybe this really does hit him hard. I'll just tell you what he he doesn't seem to be like a guy though that has a care in the world when when he meets with us. And the fact that he's missing all these football games just. Gary, it, it doesn't really seem to make that great of a difference to him. And I, I think that is rubbing some people the wrong way, especially when you consider, you know, he became the highest paid cornerback in NFL history. And really since then, Gary, that's a little over two years ago. He's played about half of the games. Green Bay is getting very little bang for the buck there. Now, they won't move on from him in the offseason, Gary, because the salary cap hit is too great and things like that. But but I'll just tell you what, his his stock in that organization has definitely dropped a little bit, and I think it would do him a lot of good. Uh, and, and again, I'm not his doctor, only he and his doctor know exactly what's going on with that shoulder. But I think it would do him a lot of good to get back on the field before the year ended.
1: Well, without doubt. I mean, if the Packers have him, and they have Savage Healthy. I mean, that goes a long ways towards solidifying that secondary. And, you know, not, not only those two guys, but a guy I expected to have a, a monster year. And, and you look at it on paper and you say, man, he's having a good year. And that's Rashawn Gary. He's got, what, nine sacks, I believe? And and most teams would be happy to have a guy like that. But it's, it seems like it's hit and miss with Rashawn Gary. He'll have... I think he's had two games this year where he has had three sacks, okay? So that's six of the nine sacks in two games. Uh, You know, what does that say about his performance in the other games? You know what I mean? Um, Last night, he was basically a non-factor. But, you know, again, there's still four games left. And if he can crank it up, they'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I thought of that a couple times last night, Gary, right? You're, you're, you're paying Rashawn Gary a ton of money. You're paying Preston Smith a ton of money. You've got a first round pick invested in in Lucas Van Ness. You know, you're paying Kenny Clark a ton of money. Um, you you, you put a first round pick in Devontae Wyatt, and and none of these guys, Gary, could get home against arguably the worst offensive line in football. No, it 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 was bad, Gary. That there, there's no doubt about it. And you're right on Rashawn Gary, it has been hit and miss. You know that that overall sack total number looks really nice. Yeah. In fact, he's only done it in a couple of games is is concerning. So, yeah, I I mean, I I don't know, Gary, where they, you know, they, they need obviously greater consistency. They they need to get home Sunday against Baker Mayfield because they they can't have another game and expect to win it with backup cornerbacks when the front produces zero sacks.
1: Yeah. Well, let, let's touch on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, before we call it a wrap. Uh, they, they've they won their last two games, and that, that sounds good on the surface. But they beat Carolina 21-18. to 18. Carolina. <laughs> you think Alabama could beat Carolina? Uh, maybe Michigan. Or, oh, there you go. Big Ten coming through. <laughs> <laughs> and then they also beat Atlanta, you know, which has been up and down 23 to or 29-25, so they barely won two games against two bad teams. So, I mean, if the Packers come in with the right approach and take your business and make sure Mike Evans doesn't hurt them, I I think the the, the Packers got a matchup nightmare there. It doesn't matter what side of the field he's on. he goes against uh, Valentine or Valentine, man, I'll tell you what, they better have a guy helping out Mike Evans because he's capable of having a huge game.
0: Gary, though, th- this is nothing like the Tampa Bay team that you know came to Green Bay a few years ago and stole the NFC title game. They, right, you know, and I and whatever you know, Green Bay is nothing like that team either. The NFL is so fluid; you change a quarter, a third of your roster, you know, every single off season. So, um, you're right. You know, Evans is probably the the greatest challenge in in the past game, Gary, but you know, but but he's getting old in football years too. He's he's got to be 31, 32, one, thirty two, doesn't yeah. he? And you know, and, and and he has certainly slowed down. The guy that would cause me some concern, Gary, is the running back White, mm-hmm. who really does run hard, kind of like Pacheco with the Chiefs, catches the ball well out of the backfield. And you saw again last night, at least when it mattered, you know, Green Bay certainly struggles to stop the run. Couldn't stop Barkley in key moments last night, Gary, especially in four minute football at the end. And 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 that was really critical. So White will cause him some problems, Gary. I I think in in the run game. At the end of the day, though, I mean, this is you, you remember when Baker Mayfield came to Green Bay a couple of years ago on Christmas, Gary, and threw four picks and and everybody called him Santa Baker, um, <laughs> yeah. because he was he was you know he he handed out enough gifts for the Packers to get out of there. And and really that day, Cleveland completely outplayed the Packers, um, but Green Bay won the football game because of Baker Mayfield. Gary I I still have no faith or trust in him uh in a big game in a key moment something like that to to lead his team you know to a divisional title to a big win on the road for example in green bay I know Jordan Love struggled last night Gary and he's you know he's been a little bit up and down more up this year than I would say down obviously but give me Love in that matchup any any day of the week and if the rest of the rosters are similar Gary that's going to be more than enough for Green Bay to get out of there Sunday with a win.
1: Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you what. This has just been a fascinating season to watch. You know, we we knew they were going to have their ups and downs. It was going to be a roller coaster, but it's really been fun. I mean, it's like, remember way back, I forgot the middle of the season, we had Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette on. And I mean, this is a big game, right? (laughs) They've had a lot of big games since then, and they will continue to have a lot of big games. And it's just been really, really interesting to follow.
0: Yeah. You know, Gary, we said this back in, in the summer, we said it after the draft, it's going to be one of the more unique seasons we've seen, right? They, they turned over such a large percentage um, of the roster, obviously moved on from Rogers and, and that $40 million and, uh, several other veterans, Gary, that are still costing $20 million against the cap. They have $60 million of dead cap money. You know, Gary, and and I said from the start, and I know this is really hard in 2023, because we live everything in the moment, right? Everything is what happened five seconds ago. Nobody has the patience to look at the big picture on yeah, anything. I um, but I, you know, I said, you know, and, and and a lot of people said this, Gary, trust me, it wasn't just me. They needed to find out this year, do they have their quarterback for the next five years? The answer is yes, right? I think they do. And they they figure that out through the course of the year. Then it becomes, all right, what 30 or 35 players on the 53-man roster right now do you want to build around with Jordan Love? And, And that's what they're in the middle of figuring out. And so I would tell people and I would warn people and caution them, Gary, don't get so wrapped up in a 25-24 loss to the Falcons. Don't get so crazy when they can't convert at the end of the game and lose a game to the Raiders on a Monday night or something like that. This season is all about big picture and you're right. It is a really fun season because it's been a roller coaster throughout. They're winning games where you don't think they're going to win, Gary. They're losing games that you think they're going to win and and it's made for a wild and really crazy season unlike any we've seen in in quite some time, because with Rodgers and Favre, you kind of knew what you were getting most Sundays. You don't know that right now with this team. The bottom line, Gary, is they need to get to February and say, all right, can this guy play? Can this guy play? Can this guy play and get some answers there? And that's what they'll have done by the time we get to the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. I I I certainly believe they're trending upward and i still think they have a really promising future uh, despite last night's loss it's going to be really really fascinating to see how this unfolds down the stretch rob we covered a lot of bases and uh as we predicted at the outset of this podcast it was feisty (laughs) (laughs) now some some good dialogue there i really appreciate appreciated that and and of course your insights so Thanks to you, and thanks to our listeners. Take care, and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com.